Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's backbone. Welcome to episode 44. Our special guests are Wes Pope and Richie Mastacusa. Good afternoon. I'm sitting here with Wes Pope and Richie Mastacusa. I got it right? Yeah! Yes. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. It's <laughs> a tough one. Uh, so I'm so thrilled that you guys are here and you're doing this for me. Great, Brad. So I'm going to um, read your credits really quickly. Oh so, uh, Richie, we have Damn Yankees in London on the West End, Saturday Night Fever Broadway, Saturday Night Fever The Tour, White Christmas Boston, White Christmas on Broadway as well. That correct? That miss anything that you're really proud of that you want to talk about? Uh, I guess the European tour of 42nd Street and West Side Story. That was, that was pretty cool. Those are really cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was my first jump into musical theater was doing um, 42nd Street in Europe. I, ne- I really didn't do musical theater. I just danced before then. And, ah. and I got it through like a, a videotape from... I was working at Disney in Florida and I got a, um, I sent a videotape with a girl dancer to the audition. She's like, I'm going to New York. I'm going to audition for 42nd Street. Do you want to go? And I couldn't because I was doing the um, a parade at Disney. And <laughs> it was like the Easter, we were doing the Easter parade. I was a kid of the kingdom at Disney. And she's like, oh, she's like, I'll take a tape. And I just done Star Search. And so we put that on tape and she literally went to the audition and said, here, hire this guy. Well, you were on Star Search? Yeah, that went back when I was working at Disney. Really? Yeah. And so she brought the tape and she's like, she had balls. She, that's ballsy. Yeah. Like she walked right up to him. Laura Samble's her name. And she walked right up to him. She goes, you really you like this guy? And they watched the tape. And all of a sudden, Mark Reiner gave me a call and he said, do you want to do the tour of 42nd Street in Europe? It was easy as that. Why was but, it? But he asked me to sing over the phone. I had to sing a cappella over the phone. Because to make sure I could sing, yeah. So, so that's so, yeah. So the the European tour of Forty Second Street and West Side Story is where I kind of changed my career to becoming a musical theater performer. Was it a VHS or a beta tape? Do you remember? It was a VHS, oh. Brad. <laughs> Brad. It was a VHS tape. So, so Wes, mm-hmm. you uh, were in On the Town. You did two encores. You did the Finian's Rainbow tour, Forty Second Street on Broadway. Uh, and you were a, a regular at Radio City. Yes. Yes. And Saturday Night Fever as well. You did Saturday Night Fever as well? Yeah. Oh, well, we have to talk to uh, IMDB. They, they missed yeah, that. Yeah, they messed that up. Call, is that where you guys met? Uh, not originally. We met in college, but that's when we started dating during Saturday Night Fever. Did you guys not like each other in college, or did you avoid Whoa. each other? Um, I was much younger than him. Oh, <laughs> shade. The shade is real. <laughs> 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 Wait, hold on. We both went to Oklahoma City University. Oh, all right. And I was a gra- I was graduating because I got triple promoted in kindergarten. Okay. So <laughs> I was a little. Uh, <laughs> I went from kindergarten to fourth. I was a prodigy. So all of a sudden, I was a senior graduating, and this two these two boys came into the studio came into OCU the second semester of my senior year, and I had like one foot out of the door already, and then they came in and. You know, Wes Wes is really cute, and he had brown eyes. I like brown eyes. And, yeah, so that's when we first met. It was in college, my my senior year, his freshman year. 1992. 1992. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. 
So we have a cicada in the background. Oh, he just he just quieted for us. Mm -hmm. So Wes, where are you from, and how'd you get started? I am originally from a small town right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, called Mableton, and um, I got started dancing because I used to watch my sister and my cousin take dance class at the local dance studio and I really wanted to take but my parents were afraid that I would get made fun of being from Georgia so instead of letting me take tap they put me in clogging lessons when I was seven years old at the local YMCA so I learned how to clog because people don't make fun of cloggers no clogging is so butch <laughs> it's so it's very butch so um so from there I ended up uh, in high school getting into show choir the show choir was big in the south and I ended up doing show choir and then from there I just randomly auditioned for Six Flags Over Georgia as a dancer and never had a dance class like a real dance class and I got the job and I worked there for a summer and that's where I met a girl named Lisa Ferguson who went to Oklahoma City University and I was my friend at the time, Steve, was going. He wanted to go there, and I was like, I would love to do that. I want to go. So I came home and told my parents that um, I would like to go to Oklahoma City, and they freaked out, of course. Didn't want My dad didn't want, he said he didn't want to pay for me to go take dance class somewhere. So I left home that night um, and ended up moving to Alabama, and with my friend, his family took me in. And, um, well, you just ran away from home, basically. Yeah, like one night, I because I went and told I told my my family we were at dinner that um, I would like to transfer to Oklahoma City University. Um, I, I had already they had already paid a deposit. I had like a sixteen thousand dollar academic scholarship to go to Oxford of Emory University in Atlanta. And I told them, I know they've already paid for that, put the money down, but after a semester, I'd like to transfer to OCU to study dance. And they completely freaked out. My dad was like, I'm not gonna pay for you to go to Oklahoma City and take dance class. And if this isn't really what you wanna do, I'm not gonna pay for that either. So you can like get a job, pay rent, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I left home that night. I just left. Wow. They, my dad drove me to my friend Steve's apartment in Atlanta and dropped me off. And I had an overnight bag, and that was it. That was the last time I was ever home. Yeah. So um, it's crazy. I don't. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to pay for school. Um, but yeah, and I I just got the job at Six Flags, and I worked at Six Flags, and then Steve's family took me in. Um, and then we both ended up going to OCU. We sent in like an audition tape and got accepted. And so I get to OCU and I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna pay for school at all, you know? So I sit down with Joe Rowan, the chairman of the dance department. And she was like, okay. She was like, the dance department has no money to give because it was a very small department at that time. And she's like, I can give you $600. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take it, you know, I'll take anything. And then she said, what religion are you? And I said, well, I was brought up United Methodist. And her face completely changed. And she said, this is a private United Methodist church. I was like, well, I mean, school, college. And she was like, come with me. So she took me over to the religion department. And then I, en I ended up getting a full scholarship to go to OCU. It's crazy. Well, that's crazy. It is crazy. And then my, my next job, I auditioned for... Um, for Opryland, back when there was an Opryland, and um, 
I got the job because I was hired as the clogger. So it all like intertwined oh, and like wow. made sense and just worked out for me. Yeah, because I had taken clogging when I was seven, so I auditioned as to be the clogger at Opryland, and they hired me so I could help pay for my school, and I, I got through it. That is amazing. Yeah, so it, it ended up being a good thing. Well, what's your relationship now with your family? It's good. Now it's good. It's 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 been a little on and off and up and down a lot, but um, it's it's pretty good now. Yeah, that takes a lot of chutzpah to just, I was going to say balls, but chutzpah is, yeah. is, is just to get up and do that. Right, and I think it was just like a, a combination of being young and not knowing, you know, and also passion, just being passionate and going, you know, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And then just not caring how you're going to do it. You just know you're going to do it. I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah, so. and Oklahoma's a great school. Yeah. It just kind of all everything ended up pointing the right direction, and I got led down the right path. So, uh, Richie, you're a, a from the Boston area, from Massachusetts. How'd you end yeah. up in Oklahoma? What was your path? Medford, Massachusetts. I was from, and my path was I went to a dance studio called Bill Fowler Dance Studio, and, and it was a great studio. And I was lucky because I had people before me, like uh, John McGinnis, Scott Fowler. Uh, Chris Peterson, Steven Sleeto, Michael Littlefield, like there was guys at the studio that were really good. Yeah. And so they were moving to New York and I was still younger. And <laughs> I would see that. I was like, oh, they're working as a dancer. And I felt I was really young when I was 16 at that age. And my dance teacher, Bill Fowler, Mr. Bill, he uh, he recommended that I go to OCU. He knew my family wanted me to go to school. I kind of wanted to go to school. I don't think I was ready to move to New York. I needed something. So he said he worked with this lady called Joe Rowan, and he goes, you are going to love her. He's like, she is where you need to be. And so I told my family that, and they were like, all right. Like, they trusted Mr. Bill. They were like, whatever he says, like, if that's what you need to do, then that's where you're going to go. And so I went, I went to OCU. I, 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 wor I started working in, like, theme parks, like, right out of high school, like Bush Gardens and uh, Opryland, same as Wes. And, um, but yeah, I went, I went to OCU, and it was great. It was a, a great school. Such a good school. Yeah, it was such a good school. It's like, yeah, you went there, and it was, it was awesome. Yeah, I learned so much. I'm glad I'm... But he read. He led me down that right path. We're right. talking about paths, Lena, and I was actually just led down this path. I had people to follow in their footsteps because they were becoming successful dancers on Broadway. So I kind of knew that's what I kind of want to do, and and he led me down the, the path to make that happen. And OCU made that happen. There's such a, a thing about like men dancing masculine and dancing feminine. Do oh, you yeah. think that having a male dance teacher influenced you to dance more masculine? I, I yeah, I would say so. I mean, there are, listen, there are great female teachers that yes. you know can do that too. I think it was a mixture of having a male teacher, as as Mr. Bill was, who was a great teacher, and having guys that were in front of me that I could watch you know, grow up dance. I wasn't like, there wasn't just me and 10 girls in the class. There was Michael Connors, there was Jay, there was a bunch of, there was guys with us. So it wasn't, um, and to, to watch them really, yeah, yeah. You, I, 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 that helped. 
Because I know, like, back in my youth, they told you to be dance more masculine, yeah. which I don't think they say that anymore because I think it's not PC anymore. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? I can't say it. Yes, you can. I just heard recently a story of a choreographer telling the men that um, they need to stop dancing like the F word. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which is worse. Yeah. Much worse. Much worse, you know. But like back, what they told me not to uh, have faggy arms when I was younger, and it wasn't used derogatory. But right. It was, right. Well, they didn't but know they, that. that's right. such a generalized term. Like right. you know, like that. That people, dance more masculine. It was like, that's sure, so yeah. generalized. Like, what does that mean? Like, why can't they say make the movement stronger? Like, be stronger. more grounded into yeah. the core. Like something like that instead of masculine. That's like, better terms. More grounded, yeah. stronger, masculine. It, it means you as a person when someone says Absolutely. that. Like when they say you have to be more masculine. You have to be. I was, I was told that when I was auditioning for Damn Yankees, it got back to me that I need to be more masculine. And you because know, that was such a you know. And that my hair was going to be too long, and so I went and no, it's I, completely I changed. You know, yeah. I changed how I looked just so I could get a job. Were you bullied or teased at all? I mean, did the clogging yes. help? No, <laughs> no. I don't even know if the people at school knew that I was clogging. But you know, just growing up in Georgia, yes, bullied, totally bullied. I didn't even know I was gay at that point in time. You know, because you grow up and it's like, I did what I was supposed to do. I had a girlfriend, you know, I did. I had a girlfriend, I had several girlfriends, you know, but it was like, I didn't even know that I was gay, but I guess everybody else did. (laughs) Well, except (laughs) the girl. How did you land Damn Yankees? That was one of my, that was my first big job. I did, I did European tours of 42nd Street and West Side Story. I came back to New York and I was like, want to be a dancer. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, continue that. And so I auditioned for Dan Yankees and I didn't get it. And it was the first national tour. And my friend Holly Cruz, who was like one of those angels in my life, she found out from somebody why I might not have gotten the part. And so she was like, it came up like six months later. At first, they came up, Westchester Broadway was auditioning for Damn Yankees. I was like, well, I gotta get this. Yeah. Because I was down at the very end for the national, first national tour, and I didn't book Westchester Broadway. I remember being so upset, like, oh my God, I can't even get Westchester Broadway. <laughs> you know, Damn Yankees, I'll never get Damn Yankees. Because I, I, when I saw Damn Yankees on Broadway, I lost my mind. I was like, what? Like, those men dancing in that Chulis Joe number and Mambo, I literally was like, I have to be in this show. I have to make this happen. If I'm not in this show, something is really wrong. I was like, so I was going for it. And so then, luckily I didn't get Westchester Broadway because three months later, a call came out for Dan Yankees. And my friend Holly's like, Richie, cut your hair off, because I had longer hair. So cut all your hair off, wear a white tank top, and just go in there and just do it. And I went in there and I got it. I couldn't believe it. It was like I lived. That was like the first. I would get calling my service, like you know, nine four six four five six four, and it'd ring. I'd be like hung up because I had auditioned for Victor Victoria, and I got. I thought I was gonna get that on Broadway, and that didn't happen. It was Rob Marshall, right? So that, I think Rob Ashford ended up getting that at that time, and I was like, so then this is now the next thing that Rob Marshall had seen me in. So I was calling that number, like calling that number. Like my finger was killing, and then all of a sudden it went 
the voice came and I'm like shaking and I'm like crying. I'm like, I can't like this moment. Like I saw that I've never seen shows twice. I think I saw it three times. I was, I wanted to be in that show so bad. And so, yeah. And then I guess it got down to me and another guy and they called my friend Holly and they said, who's this Richie? Like, is he cool? And she was like, yes, he's really cool. You're going to be glad you hired him. And I got the, I got it. So then we were touring. We did the national tour with Jerry Lewis, who was great to me. He was like, he did this great. He used to say, you're funny. He's like, that's the excuse. I'm a comedic genius. And he'd give me his movies to watch. Oh. He'd be like, watch this. And I'd go back. I'd be like, you are funny. He's like, duh. <laughs> so then we would tour on every, every, um, Place. There was a Ruth Chris restaurant. He'd rent out the Ruth Chris restaurant for the cast and family members and all these like movie stars that he would do the shows with, like the movies with, would come in and we'd have like a group dinner and he would take butter and put it on a napkin and snap the napkin and the butter would hit to the ceiling. Like he was literally a nine-year-old. I love But that. he was great to the cast. Like that's, that's, I heard on one of your podcasts they were talking about how it trickles down from the top. They were talking about the boy from Oz. Yes. How, how it trickles down. And that is a pure example of how it trickles down. He was great to everybody. And it trickled down. And everyone was like, it was such a great show. Yeah, and it's really important, even if you're doing regional. If you're the star of a regional show... It trickles down, it right? Trickles it, down. It, that's that's the that's the goal. So we were doing the tour, and then all of a sudden, like... We heard this London thing, this London thing, that Jerry was going to go to London and do the show in London, and we were going to close the tour, but they weren't going to take the Americans. It was going to be a British uh. cast. And Jerry's like, no, I'm not going unless the Americans go. And they were like, they're like, oh, and it was like they were going back and forth, I guess. And we heard this rumblings, but we didn't know. And then we'd be like, London Bridge is falling down. <laughs> and then Jerry's like, no, this is going to happen. So we were booked to go over there to open the show for, I think, I think it was like 12 weeks. And we ended up extending because then Jerry had to do the telethon. Oh. So we go over there and it was... Um, it was a crazy experience, like the London British cat, because it was three British people in the show, three or four British people in the show, and the rest were Americans. And um, you know, we'd go over there, and we're like, you know, like we're excited, we love the show, like oh, we're yeah. like very excited, as they would say. And we're sitting down, and we're introducing ourselves, and I'm like, "Hi, I'm Richie Massasquisa, and I love Madonna." <laughs> And they, all the Brits are like, oh boy. They're like all like heads in their hand, like shaking their heads. And like, we're so excited to be there. We're like, work, this is amazing. We're on the West End. We made it. And they're all like smoking cigarettes. And they're like looking at us like, shut up. And so we were like living, <laughs> hashtag, that wasn't hashtag then, hashtag living. And then, but it was a funny, it should have been a reality show because they would like, we'd leave rehearsal and they'd go to the pub next door and they'd be drinking and we're like, we're going to be at rehearsal tomorrow. And then it kind of like how we all came together. Like they, our love of the show and our enthusiasm really rubbed off on them. And they're chill out, like relax, go get a drink after the after the thing, go to a pub, rubbed off on us. And it re became, it was like an experiment. It oh, was a great experiment. I love that. And we all came together and we were doing this great show. And they really didn't get in in London because they don't have baseball. So they would have to have like a 
a syllabus, a thing in the yeah. front to like yeah. explain like what all these things <laughs> meant. And um, but it was a great, it was awesome. It I was love that. it was one of the best experiences I ever had. Yeah. So. so Wes, when we first met, it was actually on the Carnival workshop, which was a big disaster of a yeah. thing. But um, I'd seen you perform before that, and I, th I told you this story before. It was in some choreographer's concert. I think it was Andy Blankenbuehler's. I think it was uh, Lori Kanyak's, maybe. You had like a bowler hat and like little. Yeah, like, and it was Ray Leaper's number, and we did. Um, oh, what's the name? Fame? No. Tainted Love. Tainted Love. That's it. Yeah. Because I remember love. I don't I did this to like Elaine Stritch and West Pope. I like waited afterwards to tell you how great you were, Aww. and I remember that you have this ability when you dance that it's just it's so amazing and effortless like it's it's passion you dance like dance without abandon i mean is that something that you had from a little kid or is it as you trained more because it's a beautiful it's beautiful Aww, to watch you, you dance so much brad um i yeah i think it's um i mean like i said before like just that that drive that that love that like is so deep in my soul it's like i feel it in my soul when I dance, my soul smiles. That's so cheesy, that sounds cheesy. But it's true, my soul is happy when, when I dance. There's just something about that. When you move your whole body like that, uh, it's just, it feels so good. It's like therapy. It's like the best therapy. Oh, why, no, why, it is. It feels amazing. You know, as long as your back's not broken or something like that. Oh, yeah, well, we're going <laughs> to we'll definitely, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. Then it doesn't like feel so good. Yeah. Well, so how did you go from that part of your life to uh, Broadway and you made your Broadway debut in On the Town? Yeah. Did you do town. it in the park first? I didn't. You no. didn't. I joined them at the at the Gershwin. Um, I, I mean, I guess I was always kind of trained from OCU to go along the Broadway like that was the main goal that right. was the goal so I also chose to stay in New York as much as I could and and continue to audition for things that kept me in New York so that I would stay a part of the Broadway conversation Right. You know, to be there when they had auditions. You could have been a concert dancer as well. You mean you're that talented. I could have. Yeah. I could have, yeah. And uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, that could have, that would have been kind of fun. Like, even ballet, like to, to go the ballet route. Um, but I think I was always like, oh, it'd be so much more fun to be the girl in the ballet. You know, <laughs> like, if you're the boy, you're just picking them up the whole time. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, ballet, uh, so Broadway, that's... Um, I don't know what was the question. <laughs> no, I mean, what what led you from one one to the other? When was it exciting when you got the? Oh your... my God, was it exciting? Yes, I, I yes, it was like thrilling, crazy, amazing, mind blowing, running around the apartment screaming. Oh, that's so unbelievable! Yeah. And you were you good at being a swing? No. <laughs> Wait, you got to tell him about your Broadway debut. Oh my God! So my Broadway debut. <laughs> you got this is at, good stuff. Uh, on the town. <laughs> On the Town was a shit show. It was a shit show in a bag. Yeah. No, I, it was. It was. It really was. Um, <laughs> and I think everybody knew that. It was Keith Young was the choreographer. Um, it was the George C. Wolfe directed it. And um, when I joined the cast, I replaced uh, Scooter, who was the swing that was leaving. 
So I replaced him. That's a name I haven't heard. Scott I know, Star, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Star. So, um, so I joined, and they were still trying to set the show. They were trying to freeze the show. It was getting very close, and it was still a disaster. It was a mess. People crying. People were crying. <laughs> Jen Frankel was crying. I mean, these were like Broadway divas that I and that I Dottie Earl, um, Amy Higgins, Jen Frankel. I mean, these are like girls, showgirls. And I was, I went to the rehearsal and I was like, what is happening right now? Because they were all like, they had the meeting, they all had to sit down and they were learning the dream ballet. And uh, Keith Young was a modern choreographer. So everything was weird and nobody had any clue of what was happening. And the girls were crying and he said, <laughs> Keith Young said, I need for you to take the high road. And I remember Jen Frankel, she was crying. She goes, Keith, I am high-roaded out. Like hysterically crying. <laughs> and I was just sitting there. It was my first show. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening right now? What am I doing? So all of their attention was to try and just set the show. Nobody gave a crap about me not knowing anything. Now keep this in mind. I know nothing. So the way that I basically taught myself the show was I would watch it from the balcony. I would just watch and try and figure things out. Um, there are certain things that you can't really figure out because say in the Pony Island scene, when people are behind mirrors and you don't know who's who behind what mirror, choreography mirrors, um, that's bad because they didn't teach me the show. They taught, like, Kim Craven was our dance captain. She had one rehearsal with me, one rehearsal, and we went over the first act, one track. That was it. And Scooter left. Scooter left. There was no, I was the male swing, and I told the people in the office, I was like, you guys, I, just so you know, I don't know the show. Like, if something happens, and they're like, oh, no, we would never do that. We'll make sure that you know what's going on, that you know the show. Blah, 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 blah. So then cut to a couple of days later, RJ Durrell calls out. And I'm leaving my apartment. Just I lived on 45th Street, and the theater was on 51st. So I was like, you know, 120, leaving the apartment. And the phone rings, and it's them on the answering machine. Wes, this is blah, blah, blah from the Gershwin. You're on today for RJ Durrell. And it was, it was a gag fest. So I ran to the theater. They, I hadn't even been like fitted in costumes. They were pinning my costumes to me, pinning my costumes on me. Broadway debut. Bar Broadway debut. <laughs> pinning my costumes. Oh wow. Kim Craven sitting there with a dance captain book, going, "Okay, you go here, you go here, then you go here, then you go here." They're calling my name over the PA to go up to the stage to partner with the girls because I had never partnered with anybody, um, and so. I went on for the first act and somehow, by the grace of God, got through it. Because you're great. Because I, I had watched it. Yeah. I had watched it and I was like, all right, I, I can get through this. The second act, I came backstage and I was like, you guys, I don't know the show. I don't know <laughs> the choreography. I don't know. <laughs> and Kim, Kim Craven was like, just follow. She told me to follow. <laughs> oh and I'm my like, gosh. okay. 
So we go to do the Dream Ballet. Jen Frankel is my partner. Jen She's Frankel is... Amazon. Yes. 5'11". She's 5'11", and I'm 5'9". So that was fun. And then it's dark, it's dimly lit, and we're wearing masks. So everybody looks like, you know, two eye holes. I had no idea who anybody was. And then I go to exit the stage, and nobody told me that there were black sliders coming on in the back. So I ran headfirst into one of the black sliders on my exit. And that was when I lost it. I was backstage crying. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. It was a nightmare. But And then Kim Craven ended up going on stage with me behind the mirrors. Because I was like, Kim, there's no way. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I can't make magic happen. I mean, it would have been a disaster. Yeah. So she went on stage with me. I think she had her book, too. Like, we were like... It was insane. <laughs> so that was, my, that was my debut. I was hysterically crying. And I was like, I hate Broadway. <laughs> well, can you I hate when, it. When you like, dream of being on Broadway, you never think that stuff like that happens. <laughs> you just think there's no. always rehearsal time and fancy yeah, studios. Flowers. And, yeah, and costumes made for you, ready right. when you go on. Yeah. And the reality of it's it is... It's supposed to be so glamorous. There's no time for, for anything. It was a nightmare. So, how was your Broadway debut, Richie? <laughs> well, it wasn't like that. <laughs> My Broadway de de debut was great. I, it was Saturday Night Fever. I, did you tour first? Or? No, I did on Broadway first. Oh, okay. And I learned the show from Marcia Rainey, who was the dance captain. And she, I was on on-stage swing. So I had, like, Where's Waldo track. I call him Kenny. Like, where is he? He's in the scene. He's over oh. there. And then I, I think I swung uh, 12 other guys in the show. Wow. Yeah, I think it was 12 plus my track. I think it was 13 tracks altogether. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, like, there's so many guys in that cast. It was like a big, huge company. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I learned the show and I just, I don't know, it just fell into place. Like, I, that's the first time I swing. And I learned... From other swings, like what not to do. When I was at Radio City, there was some winners there that would, you know, complain about going on and right. like, you know, like that's your job. Like, just go do the show. It yeah. doesn't matter why they're sick. They're sick, or they're not here. Just do your show. Yeah. And so I really had a great, um, uh, you know, outlook on it. Like I was like, I'm never gonna be that person. Like if I go on, you know, it's great. And it, I learned a lot from people. <laughs> you know, how to be and. I learned how I learned the show. I learned each track, and it just really sunk in. And you know, I would, and being in the show, I think, helps than being just an, an offstage swing. Right. Because in the show, like I could see, all right, this is what they're talking about. This is the line, the box. And Saturday Night Fever was set up on a grid. It was all boxes because the light up dance floor. So you were. It was all very math. It was like I'm really good with numbers. So you'd get the card. You'd be like, okay, four, eight, line. You know, three, and it was all, like, literally boxed out. And you were either on the corner of the box, the oh, center okay. of the box, or the back of the box. And so they would have these, these charts that we did, you know, all the, the swing charts, and it made sense. It wasn't, like, a random open stage that you're over there between, you know, two clowns over here. Like, it was, like, literally set up. Like, you're in a diagonal, and this is where you are. So it kind of really helped me out. Well, when I saw it, it was like, it was definitely clean, so that makes sense. That makes sense like that. Yeah. But I had a swing. Um, I had a, so I covered all, most of the guys, and then my like second cover would be like Andre Ward. He was Chester, 
And so they were like the black couple. There was like the end of competition. So you swung the black couple. The Italian couple, (laughs) the Puerto Rican couple, and the black couple. So now there was um, Andre Ward was the black guy in the show, and he was no one could be better than him ever in anything. He's the best. (laughs) The the one of our dearest friends now, and we. He was. Oh, he sat next to me. I was like, "You're never leaving my life." <laughs> in the dressing room, I was like, "Just so you know, you will always be in my life because he is that guy. He's awesome." So Andre Wood. So then David Robinson was his cover. Of course, he's the other black guy in the show. So then David, my Andre called out, and David called out, and they were like, "Richie, you're on for Chester." I'm like, "Excuse me." Like, it's the whole idea is that they're the black couple, you know, are, you know competing. And the partner was Karine Planedet de Oh, yeah. So she's the girl, and Andre's the crazy guy. So I go down, and they put on this Jerry Curl wig. Oh, my God. It was, it was hilarious. It was like this wig. I don't know what it was, but it was like this shirt. And they put me in the costumes. And I go to go on stage. Now, before that, I didn't really know that track. That was like, I had like 12 other tracks to learn. I'm like, I'm never going to go on for Andre. Yeah. It was like one of those tracks that you're like, oh, yeah, I know what's going on, but I don't know, really know what's going on. And Kadeen was like, they call you down before the show, five minutes, you know, during half hour. And they're like, okay, you got to do disco one and disco two. That's before act one, you know, with the partner because it's all hustles. So there was like 13 different hustles that I knew. But actually 26 because each couple did two two hustles. So it's 26 hustles that I needed to know. And this was just one random one. And Kaneen's like, I need to feel you. I need to feel you. I'm like, forget feeling me, honey. I need to know the steps. <laughs> like, I, I can feel you all I want. But girl, I need to know kickball change, pod ray, under the arm, shoot the duck. You know, I need to give me symbols, not feeling. I'll feel you later. Girl. She's, I was like, in there like, like 10 minutes and she's like wanting to feel how I was going to move in the show. Because that's her. Because she's right. amazing. She's you know, she's the best. Right. One of the best, a valuable lesson I learned from her, she said, if you don't ask, you can't complain. Ah. Like, if you, because she would ask for things, like, she wanted the temperature to be a little lower during the mega mix, because it was too cold. And so, yeah, but she, so I went on. So I come out for Disco 3, and I'm in the Jerry Curl wig, and now Andre's, like, so over the top, and, like, crazy. Like, that's what I'm thinking I have to be. So, like, I come on the stage, and I'm like, so they introduce Chester and Shirley. And I come on stage, and I'm like, Dynamite! And I walk on, and Paige Price and Stephen, Stephen, no, what's his name? Oh, my God, the lead, I love him. James Carbonello. Oh, oh my God, I love him. He's so cute. Uh, they, they were standing, because they were the Italian couple, they both walk off the stage, because <laughs> they can't take it. They're laughing. Because <laughs> oh I'm God. like, what? Yeah! I was like, I gotta do something. Yeah. Like, what am I? I'm not black. It's obviously I'm not black. I'm in a Jericho Wicks. So I just, I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna go crazy. I'm just gonna go crazy for this duet. And yeah, it was crazy. Uh, were you in fun. the show at this point? Not at that point. Oh, so you, you know, missed it. Yeah, I missed that one. When did you join Saturday Night Fever? <laughs> I was there for the last, like, six months or so of it. Yeah. And again, swing, which when they offered me swing, I was like, ooh, because of um, On the Town. I had such a horrible experience with On the Town. I was like, I don't know if I can swing again. But then Marsha Uraney was 
um, she was like, well, it's not like that at all. She was like, it's easy, it's mapped out, you know, right. before, so, yeah. But I heard that wasn't the happiest situation backstage. What, it Saturday Night Fever? What? Fever. what? Oh Is that God. not true? That's not the true happy, It was like the, the happiest. It was like oh, Fun Town, it was USA. the happiest. Oh, see? That's yeah. so crazy. What oh do you mean God. the happiest? I mean, oh, who, well, who's telling you those stories? <laughs> Let's skip yeah, that. that they're, they're, not, they're not the right people. They weren't hanging out with the right crowd. Everyone was like around the same we age. We had a ball. We had oh, a good. ball. Like that disco one curtain went up. And we, it was a party. Yeah. It was literally a party on stage and off stage. Yeah. The green room was a party. Oh, that's great. And awesome. everyone got along pretty much. It was a big company. I mean, you're talking like, wait, the three Puerto Ricans, the... There was probably like a, a chorus of 10 at least, 10 to 12. Wow. In the chorus, 12 guys, 12 girls. 12, oh, yeah, I think it was like 12 guys, 12. And then the extras, like, so probably like 14 guys. And then with the swings, of 15, 16, you know, they're talking, and our dressing rooms at the Minskoff were upstairs, and the guys and the girls were right next to each other, and the door would be open, and it was just like... It was a ball. It was oh, a crazy nice. time. We had a day so bed, we're all fun. laying, everyone... It was a day bed in the, in the green and, room. And we were just laying there, and just telling so stories. So being swing was actually fun backstage, because I would sit there and just, like, watch the freaks come in, and, like, they would do shows in the middle. Right, everyone Andre would shows. tell me stories in between his scenes. The elevator door would open, the elevator was right there, and the elevator door opened, and there would be a scene. Andre would be doing, like, a... Uh, the 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 lit rape play from that from the made for TV movie. He's doing like the rape scene in the shower and like like it was crazy yeah, time and it was great. so much fun to go to work. It was like skipping to go to work. Oh, it did was you guys like, do the tour as well? Both so then when, <laughs> so what? when the tour came up, we could tell that story. What story? When the tour, I took a job. <laughs> you stole my I job. I stole his job. What? <sighs> Brad, this is the true story, the true he Hollywood story. We were on the road, we were in, on in the show, and I was the on stage swing, and I was like, if this ever goes, if the tour now I was Marsha's partner, and I go, if this ever goes tour, I want to be off stage swing because I wanted to drive my car around the country. Because when I did Damn Yankees, I was like, wouldn't it be great to have a car? And someone's like, well, yeah, if the set can make it there, why couldn't you make it there? And my friend Bobby Lambert, he was the swing of the show, and he was like, it's great being swing. It's like, these are the perks, you get to leave early, and like, so I always was like, intrigued of being swing on tour. And I was on stage swing, so I was like, when it goes, oh, I was talking to Marsha, I was like, when it goes to the tour, I want to be the offstage swing, because I'm going to drive my car, I want to get my car out of the lot before the, the, you know, the public comes, you know, the, the guests. And I just want, that's what I want. I wanted my track to be the offstage swing. And she was like, well, you know what? I'm going to be the offstage swing because they were cutting couples oh. for the thing. So she's like, I'm going to be the offstage swing. So she goes, that would be great. We'd be partners. So I was like, perfect. Now, I never went to say, I want Wes's job. I didn't even think about that being Wes's job. I mm. thought of it as being a different experience. Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah. He holds it against me. They're like, Wes, would you be interested in the tour? Yeah, of course, sure. Great. Well, Richie just took your job, so guess you're not going. Wow. That sounds Are you guys so a couple then? Cold. No. no, we're friends. Oh. We were good friends. <laughs> right? no, we were really good friends. Yeah. Because we Wes and I were friends because like I I left OCU and then he seemed to do like 
every job. It's That's so how weird. you do. I see. Like I did Opryland, he did Opryland. I did Disney, he did Disney. Yeah, I did Radio City. I did Tokyo Disney. He did Tokyo Disney. I did Radio City. He did Radio City. It was just he. We had the same basically career. I'm like, what are we gonna do next? Until that point, he's like, what do you want to do next? next? So I had I got the offstage swing, and Wes did not fight for his job. Well, I didn't know I had to. You had to fight for your job. I didn't know I had to fight. They were cutting tracks. You had to fight for your job. They asked if I was interested, and I said yes. Like musical musical chairs. But anyway, I got. I eventually got into the show. I had to audition, which was absolutely absurd. Because you've done the show on Broadway. I just did the show on Broadway. Like, but I am going to audition for the tour. Okay, so I went in, and it was it was to understudy Bobby C. So I had to sing the tragedy, that song. Um, and that, we're singing for you as being mostly a dancer. Are you? No, he's a good singer. No, that song was good for me. Oh, nice. It was good, yeah, yeah. Like belting, that was like my, that was, it was in the sugar spot. It was all good. Yeah, he was great. Um, but, so they hired me and uh, they told me that I was hired as an onstage swing. <laughs> So I was like, okay, okay. So I get there, and Marsha, the dance captain, is teaching me the show, and she's like, okay, so in this during this part, you'll be in the booth, and I was like, oh, um, I always think she was saying like the DJ booth with Monty, like the disc jockey, and I was like, I'm in the booth, like, and she was like, oh no, the vocal booth. I'm like, what? So they hired me as basically a booth singer for Saturday Night Fever. Now that is another story. Wow. That's scary. Like, I'm a good enough singer to like have a solo or something like that, but when you're talking like four-part harmony with like, oh my God, we had that microphone sitting in front of us. We could see the musical director on a little monitor and then you would just hit the button on the microphone and there were two girls and two guys and you had to be on the part like singing on the part and i was horrified horrified it was so hard well you pulled it off though. i did i pulled it off they had a gong a little like <laughs> a gong hanging in the booth that if somebody was off they would just hit the gong <laughs> and then one time like when i first got there the musical director um, cuz he could talk to us and he was, he said does someone need an ambulance <gasps> <laughs> I was like, oh God, that was me. I was terrible. It was oh. hard. But then he went on for Bobby C, and he was awesome. I was so impressed. I was so proud because we were really good friends then, and I was so proud of him. I couldn't believe it. Like that's like he's a dancer, and to go on for like one of the lead parts, and like to, he's just the only one on stage singing a song. Yeah, like a, like a heart wrenching song. Like, and he. It was so good. I was oh, so proud. Man. I was like crying. Oh. It was so good. Oh. And then that's when, yeah, and soon into Saturday Night Fever, at the end, that's when we became lovers. Lovers, and the rest is history. We became lovers. So you both have Randy Skinner in common. Because yes. he did 42nd Street yep. with you on Broadway, and he did um, and White West, Christmas. White Christmas. And Wes did American in Paris with him. Right, I saw that you did American in Paris. Is it, was it the big of the one that showed up here or was it a completely different version? Completely different version, yeah. It was Randy Skinner, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a lot tap-heavy. Um, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. That's good, so. had, oh, when I saw When great. I saw Wes and 42nd Street, I was like, there's so many people on stage and I knew the show because I had done it in Europe and I was like, where, where are you and what number, you know, what, what, what would you be? He's like, he's like, well, d- during all the numbers, if you look in the front center... 
I should be near there. And he was not lying. Like, every number would happen. Here, there he was, front center, like, every single number. And at one point, he wasn't. I was like, oh, he's not in the center. And then all of a sudden, they flap with their arms over the head. And he walked, worked his way right into that center. He had a great track in 42nd Street. Like, a really, yeah. really Amazing. good track. It and was, how long were you with that show? A year and a half, I think. About a year and a half, yeah. Why'd you leave? Is that when you started doing I all your movies? I didn't leave. They kicked us out. <laughs> they kicked you out? <laughs> yeah. They closed for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, I didn't realize it only ran that long. Yeah. It sh- well, it was. It ran for, I think, four years. Oh, it did? Okay. Yeah, I just joined oh, all right. for the last year. And then every and time half. someone left, his track got better and better. Because yeah, Kelly trusted awesome. him. So she was like, so someone would leave. And instead of giving the person that came in the featured... She would go through the ensemble and say, "Okay, this. Why don't you go here?" And, oh, okay. Yeah, so she changed it. Yeah, she was great. And could you yeah. see when you saw White Christmas? Could you? Did he have a feature track? Could you find him, or was he always I'm in the back? Swinging, that. yeah, he was swinging. But I got the job because of Wes. I, I know I did because they loved Wes in in Forty Second Street, and so they the auditions were happening for White Christmas, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm not really a great singer. I'm usually like, you know, when I when I go into sing, I'm like, the quicker the better for everybody. Like, seriously, like the piano player is like, how quick? I'm like, as fast as you can play it. I need to, I need to get out of here real quick. So, and then, like, do you have a ballad? I'm like, I can sing that one. I just sang a little slower. So singing was my great thing. And so, but I could tap. I could. I knew I could tap because I tapped. That's what I did. My that follow dance shooter. He was, excelled in that. So. But we were going in, it was going to Boston, and they it was the second year of White Christmas. The first year I went to San Francisco. The second year, there was like three companies. There was an L.A. company, a San Francisco company, and Boston. And I think they wanted to try to keep people, because it wasn't like full production contract. <laughs> it wasn't full production contract, so they're trying to keep people happy, like during the holidays. And so Wes auditioned, and they knew we were a couple, so they put Wes and I, Wes got hired, and then I got hired to be a fling. And I was like, so then Wes was like, he was going to turn it down because he was going to do Radio City. And Radio City is a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, it's health insurance for a year, Radio City is, 401k. I mean, it's got a lot of perks. And so he's like, I'm going to turn it down. I'm like, this thing, don't turn it down until I get it. I go, because they're going to be like, once he says no, they're going to be like, beat it, Master Skusa. So like, take your boyfriend with you, Wes. So don't let the door kick you out. So I was like, no, let me sign my contract. Then you say no. So, and then I got in. Uh, that's how I got in White Christmas. Yeah, and then, uh, so Wes helped me in. And then I got in, and Ken Allen was his name. His, unfortunately, his aunt got sick during the beginning of the show. So I was swing. And I had to go do his part, like, from the preview on. Oh, wow. And so that would help me set me up in that show to be a good swing for that show because I was in the rehearsal. Like It was like he left the like the first preview, and I went on. So I concentrated on that track, and then I was in the show as that track. So when then he came back, when other tracks, it was easier for me to... Because I was already in the show. So oh. I felt like my swing life was... You know, a lot of people have, like, dramatic, you know, horror stories about being a swing. Likewise. And I felt like, I felt like my, yeah, people always say, oh, it's so hard to be swing, it's so tough. I'm like, I think it's tougher to do eight shows a week consistently, the same energy, the same, you know, to give 
it's tougher to do one track eight shows a week for a long period of time. Right. That's oh. that 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 is tough. I'm sorry. The people that do shows that is really hard. They don't get enough credit. The people say, oh, being a swing is so hard. Doing that same track eight shows a week to make it fresh every time to get out of the trap of fooling around and being consistent with the show that to me is tough. To be a swing and be like, oh, you're doing this tonight. Oh, that's a whole different... Oh, look at you guys. Hi, I don't know you were in the scene. Hello, darling. Hello. And I... I oh, my God, what are you doing over here? I'm glad to see you. And it was like a whole different, like, fresh breath of fresh air. Every time right. you went on, you're like, oh, this is fun. New partner. Work. You know, so I never... I always felt it was harder to be in a track than to actually be swing and get to do all these tracks. And, that's you know, and I don't, I have that meant to, I don't stress like as much. That's I can be is. like, That's all right, good. That's all right, this is what it is. I know where the yeah. hole is. As long as someone dies, as long as I get the lifts, the lifts are the biggest thing. As long as you get the lifts, then what else? It's just space. Yeah, he's got yeah. the best mentality for it. Like I'm the exact opposite. I'm a panic patty. Oh, uh, yeah. And so then, why Christmas happened through? I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm like terrible. <laughs> like I did it. All right. Well, you also did a bunch of movies. So what? I what did. are the movies that you did? Because that's where you also danced on the big screen. Yes, and it was so much fun. I love doing movies. Um, so my first movie was with I. It came from Marguerite Derricks, who was the choreographer for that Finian's Rainbow. That oh, okay. I did. Um, and then, so we did the Finian's Rainbow tour, and. Uh, she invited me. She was like, I'm doing this movie. Do you want to come out to L.A. and do it? And I was like, uh, yeah. So I went out to L.A., filmed a movie. It was so cool. I had my own trailer, and um, it was my first experience. And I was like, this is posh. This is cute. Um, so she got me that, and then I did... Richie and I both did the producer's movie together. Yes. And uh, what else? I, I got uh, Friends with Benefits was really fun. Friends with Benefits and the Smurfs, that was both in the same... Were you a Smurf? I was... No, there was a, no. supposed to be a little... I wish I was a Smurf. No, there was, <laughs> there was a... Um, a film, they did like a Gargamel was doing like a video type thing where he was going through Central Park and it was, it was dancers, like we were his minions. Uh. Um, but it got cut. It didn't make it into the film. Um, but yeah, then after that... Enchanted. We, Enchanted was awesome. So much fun, except for it was July and we were dancing in Central Park in tuxedos. That was tough. Um, and I don't know what else I've done. But yeah, the beginning movie. of Devil's Wears Prada. Oh, yeah, The Devil Wears Prada. That was just extra work, but it's my face at the beginning. Nice. Like lying in a bed sleeping. You can, you can tell by the chin. But yeah, and that most people are, that's what I get noticed for the most. They're like, oh my God, Devil Wears Prada. But that was just like a day of extra work. But. Wow. It was we, a good day of the two of you are one of my favorite couples because <gasps> you guys no you guys comp, you guys compliment each other so well <laughs> we you, guys are, you guys are fun I mean uh, you're very uh, educate educated in showbiz but oftentimes we hang out we don't even talk about showbiz no yeah yeah, yeah. We, we're good like that it doesn't really we this we could talk about that bench. we have layers <laughs> we layers. layers we're like an onion we're like an onion, we're like an onion. <laughs> but I did hear that you guys almost broke up once and wow. it has something to do with um, the words fear factor oh, oh shit <laughs> so yes. tell me about this okay Ugh. well our my our friend good, really good friend of ours Paula Wise was going through the process of fear factor and she was at the final round where they introduced with the, what they interview with the producers 
and she had broken up with her boyfriend at the time, and she called them up and said, I broke up with my boyfriend, we're not talking, I'm not doing it with him, I can bring a girl best friend or a gay best friend to the interview, and they're like, bring the gay guy. So I went in with Paula, and we're crazy, they had us take off our shirts, and like, we're like, just acting crazy with her and I, telling stories about Saturday Night Fever, like the crazy stories that happened. And then they talked, they said, well, what about your boyfriend? I said, oh God, he would never do this. He would never do this. It's not really, he's not going to do this. So we ended the interview. They said, we'll be in touch. So I was going home that night. I was having a big party for Miss Universe. It was the Miss Universe pageant. So I had like 12 guys over our house watching Miss Universe. And my phone rings and it's the people from Fear Factor. And they were like, "Um, Richie, they're like, we really want to see you and Wes. Could you come in? We really want to interview you guys. I was like, Wes isn't going to do this. I'm like, wait, hold on, Sonny. Can you... I was like, they are just about to announce top 10 of Miss Universe. And I have, like, a whole, like, gaggle of gays here. And they're dying. So can I call you back? And she's like, okay. And so I got the phone. I went in. I'm like, oh, my God. First of all, let's hear the top 10. We listen to the top 10. I go, Wes, they want you to be on Fear Factor with me. And he's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So then they call back, I call back, and they were like, she's, the lady was like, just want you to know, I called the producer, and he wants to see you even more the fact that you put us on hold for Miss Universe <laughs> to hear the top ten. He's like, they like, can you come in tomorrow to be interviewed? So we went in, we did interview together, and then we're driving one day, and we get the call, and they were like, we want you to be on the show next week. And Wes is like... Oh my gosh, so we started watching the show. We never even watched the show. And Wes, like, I'm not doing that. Oh I'm God, not doing we'll do that. It. So it's, a show came on and they, like, <laughs> made them lay in a coffin and they <laughs> poured, like, 3,000 scorpions on them. And they had to, like, just lay there for, like, a certain amount of time. And I was like, Richie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm out, I'm out. All right, so then, I'll do some things, but they are not pouring scorpions on me. So basically you it. sign a contract, your life away. Like you like, oh, like God, we didn't have Michael Goddard as an agent to looking at our contracts. And we just, you just sign. They basically, if you die and it's our fault, sorry. Yeah, the word death like, is death in there is, a lot. Death is in there a lot. And like, we're like. If you die, if, if the, <laughs> the rigging malfunctions, it's not our fault. And we were like, we was like, we either gonna do it or we're not gonna do it. So we were like, we're gonna do it. And we like, we get to go to LA, see our friends in LA. Like, you know, we have a lot of friends, you know, that live in LA. So it's like perfect world. So we um we go, and now the you have to do the first stunt. If you don't do the first stunt, you have to pay all your money back, like for the hotel, the airline. Like if you just go there, I'm like I can't do it. So Wes is like, if there's a spider, when, you know, he's like, Richie, we're leaving. I'm like, we're not leaving. So you have to do the walk-ups to the camera. We're totally fighting. I'm like, I'm like we're not leaving. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. So the first stunt, Wes, was put in a cannon. And he was in a cannon. I had to hold on to this bar. And they swung me across from, there's an, like an ocean underneath. I dropped into the ocean. I was a swimmer all my life. So I swam. That was my track. So I swam. That was your track. That was my track. I was like, <laughs> they were swimming. Like I was like, I was on a swim team, like since I was like six. I was like, so I go, you know, my track is, so I swam over. I light the flame. There was a, a torch. I light it and shot Wes out of a cannon. And Wes, the thing hit the back uh, of his head. Mm. He got a concussion. I got, yep, shot out of a cannon over a speedboat, landed in the water, had to swim to the speedboat, 
and get a flag off of the post. And so we won that. We won that, and then we won the second thing, the second stunt, and we won twenty thousand dollars on a trip to Vegas. We had to go through all these like vats of lard. But when they get you there, they blindfold you, and you show up. At the venue, like, you have no idea. You're driving around in a circle. You have no idea. It could be across the street from the hotel. We have no idea. And all of a sudden, they take off the blindfold, and you're in this, like, alleyway. And, like, I always thought someone was going to die during the filming. That's I was like, reality show's going to stop when someone dies. Yeah. And I'm like, it could be me. Like, this is the reason, like, I'm, that reality show's going to stop because I'm going to die. And, like, you see a girl walk by. Like, you just take off the blindfold. You see a girl walk by soaking wet with goggles on. And we're like, what? And they and have like, like containers of roaches. And, and your your brain is like going, what's going like, on? What's going on? So then we're doing oh, the God. walk. We're doing the walk ups, <laughs> and walk, we're walking up to the camera. We're back again. I was like, where's he? I swear to God, I swear to God, if there's a spider, we'll leave. And so we do the stunt. It was just we had to go through vats of like fish heads and all this stuff and match up these gross. items. And we won twenty thousand dollars in a trip to Vegas. But after that, after that um, stunt, they we. I mean, we're covered in crap. Covered in lard and And they literally handed us trash bags. And we put our clothes in a trash bag. And they hosed us (laughs) off. (laughs) And they they gave us a robe that said Fear Factor on it. And they're like, we're going to need those back in the morning. We're going to need those robes back in the morning. So now we have our clothes, our filthy, disgusting clothes that Diesel jeans. My diesel jeans are ruined. (laughs) And they give them to us in a trash bag. And we're like, what the hell are we supposed to do with this? Pack it to go home? Like... We don't, we're, we're in a motel. And we're in the ba- bathtub, the Dorothy Garland Hotel. And we're in the bathtub. We clogged the bathtub because it had fish heads on wa- it. With oh. fish heads on our jeans. And I blew mud out of my nose for like days. It was so gross. So then we get to the final stunt. And this is for $50,000. 50000 Now we just won the first two stunts. Yeah. We're like, this is good. Like I'm like, as long as I don't see a spider or a snake, because Wes will have a panic attack... We're going to be good, like, the, the, in the bag. So we show up to the thing, and they, they're blindfolded. They take off a blindfold, and then, like, Joe Rogan's like, okay, in this next stunt, you will be laying on the ground holding a box, being pulled by a helicopter. You will go through three walls of fire and on your stomach, and you will hit barrels, and the, you let go, and the closest to the finish line wins the $50,000. And we're like, I'm. You can see my face on the thing. I'm like horrified. I'm like, this is it. This is the I'm moment going someone's going to die because there's walls of fire. There's a helicopter, and there's a person in a leather suit, and I'm, you're being pulled on your stomach through walls of fire. I'm like, this is crazy. And I'm like, but we got to do it. So we were the first to go. So we get all done up, and we get on leather, and we're laying on our yeah, stomach. And I'm in, like lo- flame retardant of jelly. And I'm looking at Wes, and good. I was like. I was like, oh my God, this is like, I'm looking, we're laying on our stomach, I'm looking at him. So we had a plan. Wall of fire, wall of fire, wall of fire, barrels, one, two, three, let go. And we'll get to that line. So we're laying on our stomach, you hear the helicopter, and it starts like, boom, and you start pulling, and you're like, bam, wall of fire, bam, wall of fire, bam, you're crashing through the wall of fire. And then all of a sudden, it was the third wall of fire, bam, and you see Wes. Let go. He forgot the barrels. Maybe, I was. I mean, maybe it was three walls of fire. 
what you, you think about barrels after like, three walls of fire? We went through this wall of fire, wall of fire, I mean, wall of fire, barrels. I mean, it's literally you're engulfed in flames, like fire is all over you. One, two, so three, let about go. The barrels. <laughs> so I'm not thinking about barrels. So I point. see he lets go, and then you see it on the playback when they aired it. All you hear it's completely silent, and all you hear is Wes go, "Oh God!" <laughs> oh. It was great. So that so even though he lost me fifty thousand, that's true love. That he is lost true me love. fifty thousand dollars, and I stayed with him. I'll never hear oh. the end of it. <laughs> yeah, so that was and it, that was one of many adventures that Maybe I made him Maybe it was payback for taking his job and starting Oh! Not- <laughs> I really had to bring that back. <laughs> Thanks for being on my side. <laughs> so Wes, yeah. um, we'll lead forward a little bit yes. now. So, uh, like, we had a conversation the other day where you were talking about if you have another show in you, because you did Radio City for a long time. Yeah, but ten you, years. Ten years of dancing on a steel stage. Yeah. And it wrecked your body. Yeah. So, we were talking about like, dancing gives you joy. Dancing gives yes. you life. Right now, dancing hurts. Yes, it does, and it hurts my feelings. <laughs> yeah, no, it does hurt. Your it feelings. does. It hurts your feelings. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I went through all of that to get where I wanted to get, and then things stop cooperating. You know, your body gets injured more easily, and then it's it's tough. I mean, I always told like young dancers, I was like, listen, if you do not have this burning desire to do this, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You have to want it so bad that you can't live without it. That's the only way you'll get it. It's such such a hard business to be in, um, and I just I, that I just don't know if I could go through it again. You know, it's kind of I guess at this point time to figure out the next chapter. I guess, which is not doesn't sound fun. <laughs> no, it can be fun. So I mean, ten years yeah. of Radio City. I mean, you must have loved that. I mean, dancing at oh, Radio yeah. City. When did? I mean, how was that whole experience? It for was you? so much fun. Radio City was a blast. I mean, because a lot of times the a lot of people from the cast would come back, you know, every season, and so the dressing rooms are always the most fun. Oh know, yeah, just shenanigans, and especially with Radio City because you have multiple shows a day. So it's not like you just go in and do a show and go home. You actually spend time with the people. Like, you're there. Sometimes when we would have four shows a day. So we would be there together all day long. And you just become really close with the people. And and we would make up things to do. Like, on our four show days, the boys started doing fashion shows. And we would bring in, like, uh, just... uh, One of my friends, Shane, used to bring... uh, he called it the tranny trunk and he would bring in the tranny trunk and it was like full I know it's not PC these days but that's what he called it um, and we would like get dressed up in all these crazy outfits and the girls loved it the, we would invite the Rockettes to come over to our side of the building and we would do fashion shows and um, it was Pot really luck. fun potluck the ensemble used to do potluck on the four show days and everybody would bring something and it just kind of kept you going and got you through the day I loved it. It was a really fun job. I really loved And I, you know, there's something about, I don't know, I'm just, I'm kind of like cheesy anyway. So I think like the Christmas show is just so much fun to do. 
Like I, it just it's joyous in a way. You yeah. Know? It's just like I don't know. I like being Santa Claus and silly stuff like that. I liked Disney because it's like that. It's just cute and joyous and celebratory. A celebratory. Yeah. So was it doing that show when you was it your back? Well, yeah, it was the, all in one year. Everything just fell apart. I, I during rehearsals got um, bursitis in my heel, in my right heel. So dancing on that was a nightmare. Like it's so painful, really, really painful. Every step you take, it's like, it, and then it developed into Achilles tendonitis. Oh, yeah. So I, I danced on that the whole season, and I don't know if it's because of that or not but I was dancing in the big huge polar bear suit because you know the ensemble does the nutcracker and we're all bears and we wear these huge bear suits and I all I did was a pivot turn I did a pivot turn but you know Radio City is very sharp so everything has to be as opposed to in masculine and sharp. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, you, I got notes on this pivot turn, you know, because they want it all in one count. You whip everything around. Well, I whipped everything around with a huge bear suit on, and my back just completely freaked out. Totally freaked out. So it was like two, two huge injuries, one season, and uh, I was out for, I think, like two and a half weeks with my back for that. And then I, I think I went back too early, um, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And is it, so, is it still hurt? Are you still in physical therapy still, for it? I'm not in physical therapy anymore, but it does still, like, it gets, like, achy, and um, it'll tense up, and, yeah, I can feel it. It's not the same. Right. It's definitely not the same. Yeah. Well, I know you said it hurts your feelings, but that's an honest feeling. I mean, how is it no, now it you're dealing with depression with like this thing that you fought so hard to do oh when God, you were yeah. a kid, it's... leave your house, your family for, yeah. now you can't do anymore. It's, um, it's literally like someone rips your soul out of your body. I know that sounds really deep, but it, it is. No. It is. It was really, um, it was really, really difficult for me. Like it still is. I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, and I always think back to those days when people were like, well, what are you going to do when you can't dance anymore? You know, and I was always like, oh, just kind of blew that off. I was like, yeah. oh, that's, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But it's not so easy to figure out. It's not. And then people will say, you know, well, what else were you interested in? Nothing. I wanted to dance. That's what I want. That was the, that was it. That was it. I went into it with everything I had and with blinders on and now it's like oh crap what am i supposed to do now but i am trying to look at it in a positive way like you said it could be something fun like it, this next chapter could be something exciting right you know so i'm at the point now where i'm just going to start trying but you still don't know that's what still don't know that's what's I'm, the unknown is scary this yeah. whole business is the unknown yeah it's still the unknown so um I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just going to start trying things and see if it feels right. You know, so, yeah. There there needs to be, like, a manual for old dancers. I this do. is what you do. Yes. This is what you do when it's over. Well, you both teach, and, Rich, you actually are a professor at Pace University? Yes. Wow. I, friend, I wasn't trying to spell it before, but <laughs> 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 when, I got the, when I got the job, I... Cause I, I from from dancing, I segue into Pilates. I just a girl, Erica Yang, 
goes by Erica Hunter now. She's like, come take a Pilates class with me. So I took a class and I kind of liked it. And so then they were looking for a teacher. I took the course. I became a teacher and just kind of, I just fell into it. And I was teaching and then I got to do um, the Dr. Oz show. I became a, a, a correspondent on his show. And there's Dr. Oz no, TV. Aren't you his Pilates oh, guru? Oh, I am his Pilates guru. <laughs> I, yes, I've done a couple of things for them. And through that, Rhonda Name Miller. Drop. No, Ron, but that is how that happened. Rhonda <laughs> Miller, who runs the pace department, she saw that. She knew me from the dance world. She took my Pilates class and she. Um, asked me if I'd be interested in teaching at Pace University. And I was like, no, I can't teach at Pace University. Like, a professor? Like, lecturing? Like, I'm a dancer and a Pilates teacher. Like, what do I know? And I just one day I was, like, sitting there and I could feel... I could feel it. It was fear. It was fear. Like, fear of the unknown. And I could feel the fear. And I was like, you know what? What if I said yes? What if I just said yes to this? Yeah. Like, you know, why am I letting fear? Why am I saying no to something I don't know if I'm not good at? I might be great at it, or I could suck at it, and they could fire me. But what's that? You know, so? So what, am I going to ruin someone's life? So... I saw the fear and I was like, cause I was like, Wes, I can't do this. Like I went down to visit them and I was like, oh my God, like you have to talk, like I have to lecture and like guide people. And oh, you can't talk. And God forbid, you can't talk. <laughs> well, I didn't know if I had enough to say. So then <laughs> I, I, I might be a loss for words. So then I said, yes. I said, you know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm just going to say yes. So I went to do it and I love it. I love it. I love it. It's such a good fit. You know, I didn't realize how much, you know, I was a dancer for, you know, over 20 years, a professional dancer. Well over 20 years. And um, 30 years, right? It's close. And so with that career and then with my um, fitness aspect, it was a great fit. And yeah, now I'm going back for my second year. And I love it. I teach a couple courses down there for the dancer, body awareness for the dancer, and course strengthening. And the kids are great, and I love it. I love it. I'm so glad I said yes. It was like, and I was going to say no. I was out here. I remember being on that bench out in Fire Island on that lawn chair going, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, why? I'm telling me, I'm telling them I can't. Why don't they tell me I can't exactly. do this? Like, And then I just had like, just, a th just one, I was like, you know what? I woke up, I was like, I'm going to do it. I, gonna, I dreamt about it all night long. I was like, I'm going to do it. And I'm so glad I said yes, because it really has. It's It's been a great experience. You know, it's, it's starting next week, so I have to get my syllabus together. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, Wes, you guys have a great, the two of you have a great rapport and relationship, and there's so much humor in the relationship. Are there jealousies? How do you how do you keep a showbiz relationship they working? Were, we never had jealousies. Yeah, I know. Ever. ever. We were it, different talent, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah it was all, I mean, it was always very supportive, totally supportive, one hundred percent, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Never jealous, no. But we were lucky enough that mad we mad when he took my job. But... Oh, <laughs> again, again. Yeah, but we were like kind of like both working to get you know. Yeah. I was doing a gig, or he was doing a show, and you know, just. Yeah, it was supportive. It wasn't never... I always thought before we were together, I always, like, when Wes came in the room for auditions, like, oh, shit. Oh, I, yeah. I was like, shit, because he's going to book the gig. So, like, when he didn't show up for Fever, he showed up, but he couldn't show up for the callback because he had to do the old baby commercials. 
He did all those old Gap, the oh, old Navy the commercials, Navy and the Gap commercials, and the Gap, yeah, and the Gap. Well, I think it was the Gap one, yeah. The Gap commercial. He's doing the Gap, the West Side Story Gap commercial. Yeah. So he couldn't show the callback, and I go, I was like, yes, because like I knew, I looked around that room, and I was like, the only one that's gonna stop me from this job, like when it got down to the guys that were gonna call back for the next day, I looked around. There was so really good guys, but I was like, Wes is is the only one because I felt. I had to get Saturday Night Fever. I was Italian. Like, if I can get Saturday Night Fever, like, I gotta hang up my shoes again because, like, that, that, this is my track. And, but then Wes was gonna be the spoiler. I was like, he, because he can sing and mm. he's great. So that's, your, that would be the, but that was before we dated. And, and after that, it was like, oh my God, you got a job. Like, I wouldn't, didn't want him to get, like, a tour because I didn't want him to have a long distance relationship. But if he got it, we would have, we would have worked it out. But we never really had to deal with that. Like you guys did, haven't been apart a lot? A little bit, but like when yeah. I did White Christmas yeah, or when he did lot, American in Paris. Just like maybe three months. Because then I settled down. I said after when I was doing, uh, when I started teaching Pilates, I was like, well, I can do this and just do this. And I don't have to travel anymore. Like I did all that. Like I can just now make enough money to be at home and just have my dog and my boyfriend and... Just, you know, my family lives in Boston. I'm really close to my family. Yeah. They're so supportive, and they're awesome. So, like, I don't have to go and do Guys and Dolls, you know, in San Diego or some, you know, which is great. But I, I mean, <laughs> like, that's what I'm about to go do. <laughs> that's why I said it. But I didn't have to leave. But your family's in San Diego. Oh, no, it's exactly. No, I'm but, kidding. Um, but I wouldn't have to leave. You know, I could stay in New York and, you know, and not have to... You know, that fight's a hard fight. Oh, it is a hard fight. It's a fight. hard fight, you know. To get to get guys and dolls in San Diego, it's not easy. No. You know what I mean? That's a fight to get to get every job. Yeah. And you have to keep working. So, and keep working. To me, I saw the light in the tunnel that I was going to have to do. I'm not, I wasn't going to just do Broadway shows. That doesn't happen. No. To some people it does. But for me, I was going to have to go and go to, you know, travel a lot. And I was like... I like my life here. Yeah. So I kind of made that decision to stay in New York. It's tough. It's tough because I do miss it, you know. Yeah. But it's 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 a struggle. Well, I always find it interesting. We were talking about earlier that drive that you have when you're younger. I mean, I had the same thing. I had no fear. My license plate said triple threat. I mean, I was a cocky. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. awesome. Cocky sob. But like, how come? What is keeping us from being that? I think many ways we're more talented. We're smarter now than we were back then. How come we can't just tap into that and just be like, I'm ready? I don't know. I don't know. No. I really don't know the answer to that. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. I mean, it's just such a tough process. You know, it's like, it's exhausting that process. You know, you put so much effort into it. You go and you get called back, you get called back. You know, so many times it's you get nervous, you go through so much, and then you don't get it. And it's like I don't know because we're older. Maybe we, maybe it's like looking for more stability, right? Just something that's like you know, just go to work, get your paycheck, and that's you know, not have to like gig so much. You know, yeah. gigging, constant gig, constantly gigging. And what and kind like, of survival jobs have you had in between? I know you. Uh, did you do Shazam? I know Richie. Yeah, Rich I did Shazam. Shazam too. And what yeah. is Shazam? And is that the, is that the same thing you said you did Fiddler on the Roof parties, bottle dance? No, parties? that's another thing. That's the amazing bottle dance. So Shazam is an entertainment company that when I was working in Florida, this guy Artie D'Alessio came to me and said they came and did a job with Bill Cosby. Imagine that. Oh. And it was the Mutual Life of Bill Cosby, and we did a big show. And and then he said I was working. I was a 
Kid the Kingdom at Disney at the time. He said, he's like, when you come to New York, you'll have a job. He's like, you'll have a job every weekend. He's like, it's not a great job, but you'll be working every weekend. So when I was I was in Europe doing 42nd Street, I wanted to move to L.A. because I wanted to dance for Madonna because... Of course. I mean, that's what uh, that was a goal. Like, who wouldn't want to dance for Madonna? I still want to dance for Madonna. <laughs> and so um, I was going to move to L.A. And then this kid in the show, Mark Donato, was like, I have um, I have an apartment in New York and you can rent. You know, you can sublet with me. And then I kept on hearing Artie's voice saying, you have a job in New York whenever you need it. So I was like, oh, I'll move to New York. I have a place to stay and I have a job. And I showed up in New York on Monday. I called Shazam, and I worked a party on Friday. And then I never had to wait tables. I always did this entertainment. I danced at people's parties. I was a party dancer. I was a, party but no, dance. I just did. We did numbers. We did choreographed numbers. We did big shows. We traveled all over to do this. And yeah, so it was a way for me to make money between shows. You could always audition because the gigs were on the weekend. Yeah. So you could never miss an audition. So I didn't have to. You know, I could stay in the city. And try to go for jobs I really wanted, and you know, because I had this this gig, and then through that and through a friend, uh, a friend of mine, Otavio, I uh, get uh, get me the bottle dance jobs. It's called the Amazing Bottle Dance, and we literally go into a party dressed as a Hasidic Jew, Jewish man, and we have like. Um, you know, the beard and the hat and a robe and a white shirt. And we go into functions and we do the bottle dance from Fiddler on the Roof. And we do the horror and we leave. So we're in the room for like 11 minutes doing the bottle dance from Fiddler with the real bottle. Oh my God, hysterical. With the bottle and, um, yeah. So that's just like survival jobs and yeah. just like still dancing. Yeah. You know, it might not be like, it's not doing a Broadway show, but... It's still... You're not waiting tables. Not, no, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there isn't that. anything wrong with it. Any survival job. This happened to fit me better because I was, like, dressing up in costumes and, you and know... We actually met some of our best friends. And some of our really Shazam. good friends did Shazam because it was, like, the same people that worked every weekend, yeah. pretty much, with a couple of new people. And so you're going every weekend working with these people. You saw them more than you'd see, like, your family. So yeah. they became your family. And they're still our, our family. And so... Yeah, I was lucky enough with the survival jobs that I could do that. And then the ball dance job has been great. Okay. I still do the ball dance job. And I still do Shazam. Shazam. I'll be like, all right. I was doing Saturday Night Fever on Broadway. And I was doing Shazam. Oh. It's Sunday night. Yeah. We didn't do a show Sunday night. And I'd be like, all my friends were doing it. And I was like, I want to do it. You know, and we'd do it. So, I mean, I'm a little, I'm older than, like, I'm probably older than the groom's father <laughs> at, the, at the job. But I'll work it out. I'll be like, work! I'm always like, put me in a mask. Cover me. But, uh, I, but I'm, it's fun. Yeah. It's like cardio, yeah. Well, with commercials and stuff like that, did, and uh, all that movies and stuff like that, do you have to have a lot of survival jobs, or were you able to survive just doing that type of stuff? Um, I was really lucky. I did Shazam, and uh, I think my only other survival job was I did, I hosted at, Car at Carmine's. Oh. Yeah. For like, not for long, not for long, just a few months. Yeah, my friends from college ended up working there and they were like, why don't you just do that? So I ended up hosting and seating people. But that was it. Yeah, I was really lucky. I I did not have to have any other survival jobs. That was it. That's great. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. crazy. And I remember those commercials, the Old Navy and the Gap. Yeah. The Gap ones were the awesome. The Gap ones were awesome. Yeah. So, so awesome. Who, was that Josh Bagosh who? But he was assisted, Alan Johnson. 
yeah. on the gap ones. Yeah. 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 I remember auditioning for one of those and I had the flu and like I, I was terrible. Oh. And Josh was like, "Bro, you're terrible." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, we kind of knew each other. And I was like, "I'm feeling God. terrible." Brad, he's you're like, terrible. He's like, "Thanks for coming in though." And I was like, "Oh." oh. Uh, and then you see them and you're like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, and you were killing were awesome. it. You were killing it. So, uh, so do you have a favorite career moment out of all of this, all of this great life of yours? Oh my God! Well, um, that's a tough one. I would say, def- definitely a memorable moment was the first time performing in Forty Second Street when we came up over the stairs in the stair number. Oh. I mean, it was pretty incredible. It was pretty incredible. Like I, I, yeah, that was amazing. And also, closing night of Forty Second Street, we ended the opening number, and everybody has their hands up in the air in, in the opening number, and the audience clapped for like five minutes, and like we got a standing ovation, and everybody on stage was crying, Aww. and it was just, it was a really incredible moment. That was a great moment too. I'm sure there have been many others, but. That's just what's coming to mind right now, yeah. Uh, and what, yeah. what show did you get your equity card for? I got my equity card at uh, Disney, Walt Disney World. They give equity cards? Yeah, their oh. equity, yeah, back in 1996. Oh, wow. Yep, yep. And I can remember being like, I don't know if I should join, I don't know what to do. And uh, my friend Angie and I ended up, we were like, let's just do it, let's do it. Let's go crazy and do it. So we did. Yeah. Yep. Well, if you're such a great singer, did you think of pursuing that part of your career since your body's hurting? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not that. It's really the business is so tough. Yeah, it's a big hammer and it, it knocks It really down the head. is. And I think I'm like, you know what? I did it. Like, I kind of just like to do something like stable now. Yeah. You know, just like have a, a job. But I don't know what the hell that is. But no, well, we'll figure it out maybe. Yeah. Hopefully one day. What about you, Richie? Do you have a, a, your most proud moment? I would say or two. No, I I would say a big moment for me is when uh, it wasn't on stage, but when I got the gypsy robe for White Christmas. Like that was a moment. Oh yeah. Like that was, I I just it was I can still tear up just thinking about that. Like I felt like it was such like I've been through. You know, it was a long career. Like I had a long career and it was a great career. And that moment, I don't know, like. I wasn't expecting it, and it happened, and yeah, it was a, a, a great, it was a great thing. And yeah, so I got the gypsy robe for White Christmas, that was really cool. Oh, that, no, was, that a, is that great. That was a, a cool, yeah, I felt like, now I'm like a part of Broadway history, like, I really made it out. It was so stupid, but it really was, it was a great, it was a great moment. Then they hung the robe up, um... At the Equity Building, and it was on display, and it was, it was cool, like, I, I yeah, it was... That was a great moment. I've had great moments performing, like you know, but that moment really got me. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, that is great. This has been such a fun interview. I'm like, we're laughing and sweating. And <laughs> oh, we got sweating. <laughs> we're hot. sweating. It's hot in here. And thank degrees. you guys so much. Uh, I don't know if you guys could agree on a song, but I'm gonna end this podcast on a song. Do you guys have a I'm, song? I'm that... gonna let Richie have this one. Is it gonna be Madonna? Of course, yeah. it's gonna be Madonna. <laughs> And it was tough to narrow it down. Oh, I do I, have to, like that. This is funny. You, uh, you, you were uh, guest starring as a judge in a drag show last week, and yeah. when they didn't know the dra- the Madonna song, what did you want them to install? 
an, an opening of the floor. No, you said the floor drop. You said <laughs> I want an automatically disqualification. The drag queen came out and she did not know the words to like like a virgin or something. And I was like, what? That is an automatic... If you were a drag queen and you don't know the words to Into the Groove, Like a Virgin, like the classics, then you do not need to be a drag queen. You need to find another career. So I was like, automatic disqualification. How could you not know the words to Madonna? It just cracked me up. But no, someone said there, I thought it was one of you, that they should, an opening in the floor and they should fall through the floor. Yeah, a trap door. A trap door. Yeah. A trap door. Uh, so I don't know. So we there's so many, but I would say we're gonna go with express yourself. Oh, that's a great because it's a great because we're both very uh, well known for expressing ourselves and just um, yeah, it's a great song yeah. and inspirational. Yes, and you both joke about the other one being the funny one. You're both the funny oh, ones. Oh, we have a good time. That that really helps the laughing. It really that's what keeps the relationship going. It's just we just have a great time together, and we. We love each other. Don't we? Yes. Oh, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Brad.